0: Oh no. (laughs) I'll add that to my Twitter bio and gain two followers for it. Makeup
1: tutorials are coming. So it's pretty (laughs) exciting.
0: (laughs) I'm going to do some Chinese farming. I'm going to do some. uh... (laughs) Guys, I'm
2: down here at Disneyland today. Nice.
1: Hey. Welcome. Last week was the, I guess, the first episode after Heroes, Heroes, Con, and that was a wonderful weekend. And had a great sort of hot wash talk with Jamie Jones. We're both fresh off the road, so it was a good off the top of our head chat about the show and life and work. And this week I had another person from the show, Josh Hood. Josh was a guest on the on the podcast. Wow, at least two years ago, if not two and a half years ago. So. Josh has been a real great supporter of the show and Josh is uh, an Atlanta artist who does some great books. He is just the professional, you know, you need a book done, you hire a person like Josh and he gets the book done for you. And it's a great talk with him about the differences between digital and, and traditional drawing technique. I love this kind of talk because I Kind of like fantasize about how I would, you know, do the work in my head in, in relation to how I did the work on paper so long ago. I'm totally overloaded and overwhelmed again, it seems. Um, as a friend of mine said, I'm a glutton for punishment, I think. And uh that seems to be the case. So every year for the last Three years I have participated in the Clarion West White-Athon, which is their annual fundraiser, where I take on a huge, stupid task of writing a lot of words to make advancement on whatever book I'm writing at the time, which is great. And I need the external structure and motivation. All that stuff is fantastic. It's just very tough to match up to my ambition. In these things, so um, listen. It's the only way that I know how to get things done is to kind of you know shoot real high and uh, you know and hopefully land close to that target. My goal is to write seventy thousand words in what is it forty two days. So it's a lot of work. It averages, I think it's like sixteen hundred for the for the period of time, which. Is not crazy numbers, but on the inevitable days that I won't get to work, you know, like my niece's wedding in Detroit in July. I just don't think I'm gonna be sitting down and writing a lot of words on that day. You know, so these are the things that I have to contend with. And I feel rusty as shit. So I'm trying to uh get through that. I did not make a lot of headway yesterday, which was day one. Um uh, yesterday being two days ago, I guess. So on the 25th. So for people who actually pay attention to dates, uh, that was day one. And I, you know, made a very modest beginning. And then today I did all right. I have close to 1300 words. My goal is to get to 1500. Um, by the end of next week, I'm hoping I get there sooner, but you know, got to get the numbers up sooner or later, but anyway, it's a great organization. Clarion West, they support lots of, uh, classes. They do an in-person, uh, six week series, which is phenomenal for people who really, really are committed to the craft and improving as authors and writers. So check them out, clarionwest.org. Uh, I'll put the link into the description. If you are, you know, inclined to support an organization that, you know, supports the people who make all the stuff that we like to Read and watch, and whatever. Uh, go to my fundraiser page, give it a look. Um, I'm going to be doing some drawings if there's enough people supporting. Um, and I will put reader chapters up of my past book. There's already a sample chapter up, you can read that, and maybe you'll make a donation. It would be great. Um, I'm you know trying to raise a lot of money. I mean, I say a lot, but two thousand bucks, which is. Not a not a small sum, but it's a lot to ask from others to donate. So um, every little bit helps. Anyway, that's what's going on. You'll be hearing me kind of course through this over the next, well, the next six weeks. So enjoy the talk with Josh because he's a great dude. And um, go check him out online and buy his comics.
0: I remember when they sold off a couple of, was it Mazakelli's. Year one, or maybe it was Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns pages, and the numbers were just astronomical. Do you think mm-hmm. that's what kicked it off? Somebody heard a giant number, and then the
1: gold rush was on? Probably. I mean, I mean, and, and the, the unfortunate thing is that the original art market, I think, in the comic book industry is. Ooh. I don't think the people who buy the artwork are as savvy as the people who buy expensive fine art. Because no. they, there's, not, there's not sort of like this curatorial world that circles around it and, you know, and writes about it as much as the painting world or, or the sculpture world. And so to many people, Frank Miller's drawing of Batman is not too dissimilar to your drawing of Batman. It's Batman. You know, so someone looks like it, it's original artwork, it's Batman, that's amazing. So there's kind of like this kind of weird, you know, piggybacked sort of value that comes on to onto it, I think.
0: I think the issues, you know, key issues, the dark knight, any of those four oh. pages yep. out of those four books, year one, four mm-hmm. it's only four issues. Yep. those are the ones that are probably driving
2: it.
1: They're holy grails. Yeah, like they are—they are like the, really the holy grail comic books out there, and both of them are, you know, Frank's books. So it, fake too, I would think. Heart that's two. a really. Like, awesome. Have you heard of that? I haven't heard about anybody
0: doing like counterfeit pages.
1: I, I, it just dawned on I me. Mean, there's tons of counterfeited paintings. I mean, why? Like, and now I'm just like, oh well, wait a minute. Like, why is there not a counterfeit comic book artwork market?
0: I've got some old DC pages,
1: <laughs> but I'm
0: saying I've got the, I've got the equipment
1: if we want. Right. Oh yeah. No, I've got a bunch of paper from like from the nineties. So that's, that, that, that'd that be great to just, you know, draw over. Um, you you
0: hold on to yours too. I've got some Malibu pages.
1: Nice. Yeah. Malibu. Wow.
0: I mean, I don't even know how I got them.
1: I got, I think I, I, they mailed me a bunch of stuff that they were, they were, courting me to pencil a book for them for a while, and so they kept mailing me junk. I like I went to their offices. They were nice people. I don't were know they, why I didn't.
0: Were they in Malibu?
1: <laughs> I know they. I don't think they were in Malibu. <laughs> oh. I remember going there. I just don't remember where it wasn't in the L, the greater LA area to be. To oh, be... it wasn't
0: okay. At least it was in Los Angeles.
1: It was in Los Angeles, it was in
0: like St. Louis.
1: Yeah, I, I had a very sort of like dreamy. um San Diego, I think it was nineteen ninety four it's just one of those crazy it was just a crazy of uh, time going down there you, girls and comics, and it was just this nutty kind of like what you know week and a half experience of like i don't even know wh- why at all how it all happened, but it was quite a quite an inter- interesting time pool parties it was strange um but yeah, I went to Malibu I remember going there not to to the area of Malibu, but to the Comic company, yeah,
2: company.
0: Nobody remembers yeah. Malibu. Nobody remembers continuity. Do you remember continuity, Comics? of course,
1: of course. Right. Yeah, of course. I'm Listen, man, they did. They did Toy Boy.
0: Crazy, yeah, uh, yeah. Toy Boy and uh, megalith.
1: Mm-hmm. Megalith, and then they had that like assassin woman character that was pretty cool.
2: Miss Mystic, no. Mm-hmm.
1: There was and miss Mystic
2: and madman
1: all right wow yeah oh he had a prolific couple of years there (laughs) yeah well i mean like mark to was doing a ton of stuff for them for years you know before he before he went sort of full in over at um for the punisher i think it was yeah yeah well i mean yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it was, a, And I think I think if you you were in that sweet spot of the 70s that you love Neil Adams, like that was that was their market. Like if you dug Neil Adams comics and you missed them, here's a whole line of Neil Adams comics no. that he didn't draw, you know.
2: Oh, it was. But, the they look, stuff.
1: but they looked close enough to Neil Adams. So you you, you enjoy it. Um yeah, Did I tell you the, uh, the so my, my, my wacko, not wacko, but my, just my sort of bizarre highlight from uh, the, uh, the, from Heroes was getting in the um, shuttle on the way back home to the, to the hotel from the dead dog party. I get in and it was full. And I, so I sat in the far back. So I'm like, you know, as many people can come in. And this gentleman sits down next to me, and it's Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. And I had been looking for him all weekend and never found him. And then on my last actual thing for the convention, we got to share a car ride and sit and talk the whole way back. It was great.
0: Lucky so-and-so.
1: Oh, man. I mean, that that really was a giant cherry on that whole weekend. That guy's the man. Oh, dude, I did everything I could to not fanboy out. And I'd rarely fanboy out, but it's freaking impossible. Like before I knew what comics
0: were, I loved his work because he was the one who was setting the style for sure. Lunchboxes. Yeah. The the freaking style guide.
1: Yeah. Everything reprinted everything. I mean, he was like this, he was like this polished superhero version of Alex Toth. Yeah. You were like, you were, Oh, okay. Like, Like we get to see the super fans, but they look a little more badass, and it's as dynamic as Gil Kane can be, all in one package. And it was, you know, like his comics are just perfect; they're beautiful,
0: always perfect, always
1: perfectly proportioned, Mm -hmm. always
2: better.
1: Everything. Camera work. The camera work is perfect. Perfect. All of it. Yeah. And his greatest work, in my humble opinion, will never be reprinted because of its. Yeah, because of licensing problems. Yeah, huh?
0: I bought the first fourteen issues of that off some um, Mercari. It's some kind of like uh, yard sale web email, uh, website. Okay, <clears throat> and they're beat up. You know, they were used and stuck in somebody's sock drawer or something. <laughs> they were
1: they were ridden hard and put away wet.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I could not care less because the colors are still nice and. Mm-hmm images are great and i owned a couple of them but i didn't have like this whole run i think he did 31 or so issues maybe
1: right i don't know the number just gorgeous
2: Gorgeous,
1: yeah i mean and here's the thing i mean and i'm not knocking it in any way i don't care what the story is because the artwork is so good the design work is so good it doesn't matter you could rip them up and put them in different orders for the pages. It doesn't matter. They're just worth looking at.
0: Yeah, they really are.
1: They're unbelievable.
0: You could study them. I'd love to get a uh, How to Draw Comics the Marvel way, only replace all the images. I mean, not that John Buscema was a
1: bad by any stretch of imagination. Ooh. No slouch.
0: Maybe, maybe like the same thing, only How to Draw Comics the DC way, and then you sure. use but black and white, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez art. Yeah. That'd be an interesting thing to put on
1: the shelf there's there's a kickstarter we could have a kickstarter and we get people to pay for him to redraw how to draw comics the jose luis garcia lopez way
0: i would pay there is a not a small not an insignificant amount of money for that i would (laughs) i think a
1: lot of people i think i think there'd be a fair amount you would at least get every pro to, yeah, to, all the comic
0: pros would be lining up for that one. Right?
1: Yeah, like there'd be like you know like two percent of the of the of the people would be like regular normal human beings, and the rest of them would be all the uh, comic pros and and X pros such as myself. You know, it'd be like I still have to see this.
0: Forward by Kevin Nolan. Um, who would do the writing though? Like, mm. who, What would be the DC equivalent of Stan?
1: Well, that would, that would have been Denny O'Neill, but, um, yeah, I mean, you, you would have to get someone from that, that world to be the, the sort of, uh, descriptor. Oh, we'll, we'll figure it out when, before we put it up on Kickstarter. Okay. Coming. Yeah. next Coming soon to Kickstarter near you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We just have to convince him to do it, (laughs) find a way to pay him to do the artwork. Uh Uh-huh. Put the Kickstarter together. No problem.
1: No problem. Oh, and licensing issues. Oh, um,
0: there, you got to talk to
1: DC. You got to get them to, yeah. okay. Or do we talk to Atari and have them just do Atari characters? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wonder who even owns it. Like, does Nintendo own Atari now? How do we, How do we even get the license for that?
1: I don't know. I mean, like, I stopped playing video games when the Atari... Came out, so that was about. That's as, that's as far as I got. Um, so I'm going to say we have to talk to Nintendo, but I'm sure it's like probably they each own half of it, so that's why it's an impossible thing. Yeah. Like every so often, someone in those offices is like, you know, and then someone's like, that sounds like a great jo- idea, Bob, and then Bob reaches out to DC and they're like, no, thank you, and then it happens in the DC offices, and, Atari, and Atari's angry, so they go, no, thank you, and that, and it, it just sits there forever. It's the best. I, I'm, I'm.
0: even um,
1: when DC
0: reprinted their Who's Who, the giant omnibus. You know they've got each cover is represented inside, plus the exterior, mm-hmm. the big hardcover. Uh, they took the Atari Force characters off the exterior of the hardcover. Mm-hmm. They're all, each on the they're still on the individual covers, but their names have been removed, like Dart and.
1: I can't really? Know. Okay. So okay. Wow.
0: So they're out of the book entirely.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm going to have um Michael yuri, the editor of Who's Who, on this summer. So I'm gonna talk I Michael and I are ready to go deep on uh on Who's Who because I have great <laughs> I have great things to say about Who's Who. And a forty five minute conversation just on Atari Force. <laughs> yeah well, so far this is working out to be a fifteen minute conversation. Um <laughs> and uh yeah, but I definitely will. I will uh, mention that to him. I'm, you know, he wasn't involved in the reprint and the omnibus, but I'm sure he'll he'll have he'll have clarity on it for sure.
2: I can't
0: wait to see it. I always wanted to do one of those pages. I mean, that, it was always the best artwork it was in uh, Handbook Marvel Universe and, and Who's Who. I always wanted He's- to be a part of that.
1: So, okay. So this is, so here's, here's an interesting thing. So this is, this was an inch, man. So I was a freshman at SVA, you know, dreams of being a comic book artist dancing in my head. And I'm walking through the floors of the dormitory, not really knowing people. And there are these guys sitting down on the floor and they're talking and they ended up being comic book people. So I ended up hanging out with them. And then one day they're sitting around with the books and especially the, the, the Marvel handbook, and they would hold up the, the p- the page and the person sitting across would go, Oh, Ron friends. And they would name all the artists, you know, so I'm 18, 19 or whatever, how old I was at the time. And to me, this is a superpower. Like, you know, like how can you be that on point with all these like different creators? It was like being a kid and listening to the Beatles and not really recognizing which beetle was singing. Like you like, you couldn't just dis- make a distinction between Paul, George and John and Ringo every yeah. so often. But then like eventually it kind of clicks in. And you're like, oh, I can totally tell who's playing what. And, you know, it, and so that became this sort of quest of like, oh, you need to know like who did what. And like, you could tell who inked who, you know, like it was a very sort of specific yeah. thing because I think every, like by and large, everyone kind of kicked ass on those drawings.
0: They, yeah, they really did. It was yeah. always such a nice reference material. Like if you had to go back when, you know, I had to draw Paste Pot Pete or the Trapster or whatever he was calling himself at the time. Mm-hmm. That's my old, um, that was the best reference. You got full, nice body, yeah. maybe an action shot if they have like a one pager or, or more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um, I love I love those books. No. Not just for reference, but sort of like to fill in the gaps in your own knowledge. You know, I wasn't reading comics since 64. So I don't know what the Corvac saga is. I got (laughs) to, I need that filled in for me.
1: No, wait a minute. I know the Corvac saga because it happened in the 70s, but don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not that old. Um, No, I think, I mean, I mean, they they were, they were huge, powerful tools to do your job. Like they were a big help. You know, because most of the gigs you got, like you were not big enough for them to send you like a box of stuff <laughs> they weren't like hey cool you're doing this fill-in issue here's a whole bunch of reference they were like see see you in 25 days and you're like okay exactly you know, um, what do you do like what do you do for prep for your work now like how do you, like when you get a script in like how do you prep <clears throat>
0: i'll start gathering 3d reference now Okay. When I did Star Trek, I had to get um, the uh, the ship it was called the Resolute. It's a Centaur class. I was not familiar with the Centaur class. Nerd. So I had to yeah. <laughs> Eagle Moss made a little um, version of it, the USS Centaur. So I bought that. I used I used that for a lot of photographic reference. Um, somebody made a modest 3D model of it on, like, 3D Warehouse, the, mm-hmm. the uh, which does all the stuff for... Why am I blanking? Clip? No, no. SketchUp?
2: SketchUp. SketchUp. Yeah.
0: So I'll start gathering, like, that that kind of stuff, you know. Uh-huh. Um, what kind of ships are the bad guys in? What kind of ships are the good guys in? I need an asteroid reference. I need... And so I'll I'll kind of start gathering that sort of material together now.
1: How many days do you give yourself to do that?
0: It doesn't take long. I mean, it's not a ton. Yeah. Um, Less than a day, usually. Okay. Get everything, at least for one issue. Right. And then as I go through, if if they're in a special room, I will try to find some kind of reference for that special room, or I'll imagine something in my head and and try to kind of photo bash it together. And then Mm -hmm. you as a reference I'm, I'm i used to be big into oh we don't use photographs you know we ne- we, we draw from life but we never sure. copy. No man you copy go ahead
1: <laughs> I, well, I, <laughs> I, I you know like the tools are the tools you know like you couldn't do that you know 30 years ago you couldn't do that so yeah. like you had to figure out you had to get photo reference if you needed something if you were you know maybe you could Sort of trace over a photo and light box that into some, into a, into a, a frame, but I mean the chances of finding the angle that you needed to tell the story, you kind of had to make it all all yourself. But yeah, you. now but with I 3D models
0: though, you just tilt it the way yeah, you want it, move the camera where you need it, you can
1: mm-hmm. go. I'm I'm not as in love with the 3D models. Sort of when I can see it in the in the page, like mm-hmm. I have a hard time when I see there like this this. Dist- this disconnection between the figure art and then what is clearly just a digital, you know, facsimile of something. It gets yeah. a little, I don't with know, there's a with, diff-
0: with clip, it'll turn it into a black and white drawing for you, or, mm-hmm. but those always, you're right, those look like mechanical. Mm-hmm. So I always have to draw it. Yeah. But at least I've got something right underneath it that I'm drawing from. And I try yeah, yeah. to not use rulers too much because it can mm-hmm. also it look mechanical and what i find helps a lot with that kind of stuff is you got to know where your light source is and then the sh- when the shadows start making sense and the shadows are the same on the characters and you know they're actually in space they're touching the ground then it really starts to make a difference it doesn't look as as yeah. fake, but it can
1: yeah i i mean in you know, I kind of feel that we are in a, that transitional period. I don't think we're, I don't, I don't think the tool system and the final product are in complete alignment yet. I, I, and it's not, I think the talent of the creators right now is overcoming the the gap right now. I think you have a lot of really talented people utilizing these, these sort of very open-ended tool systems to create artwork for these final you know final comics but i feel that like probably within 10 years there's going to be a better tool at hand which is going to make it even that much greater mark my words
2: yeah
0: i think you're right i i'll be interested to hear about and i'm sure it's already happening i'm positive it's already happening some pro who has fed their own stuff into an AI device Mm -hmm. and it's spitting out like backgrounds or it's, it's spitting out vehicles or crowd scenes, you Mm -hmm. know, not not something a person's going to focus on for any more than a few seconds.
1: Sure. And you get to pick and, you get to pick and choose from that. Like, I mean, like you can, you can edit out what you don't want visually. Um, but that like to me seems like like i know like listen i know that you know the the touching the ai third rail of art discussion you know like woe be it to us or mentioning the two letters but like i think it's a tool i think just as just as like maybe 30 years ago people would have been like what you're using a 3d model to trace something like you're not an artist like i mean i could see that language coming out of some somebody's mouth sure um I and think so
0: I also think, though, that I could draw all of these things. Do oh, yeah. you know? I mean, yeah, it's cheating a little bit, but if I had to sit down and draw a car, I could draw a car. Yeah. If I had to sit down and draw a building, I could definitely draw a building. I've done it a million times before. If I could offload some of that really repetitive mechanical work to a device. Sure. And we were just, we were talking earlier about um, continuity comics. You know, Neil didn't do a lot of that work. He had guys he trained him up to draw like him. Yeah. The exact same way somebody mm-hmm. is already doing it. Trained this AI to draw just like them. Yep. And then was able to pump out
2: material at a faster clip. Yeah.
1: Well, the, I think and I think like to to your point, I really think that like that would be a good use of the AI by taking your work, putting it into the into the the database and then having it extrapolate what you need for the for the for the frame and then poof there it is put that up on your whatever you're drawing in do your figure work the way you would do it don't even worry that that's not part of the equation you're just trying to make sure that you you have the framework to just move your page work along because you know going back to the you know to the art collection you know discussion earlier like i mean most i mean i i gotta say like i made comics for other comic book artists like i drew as hard and as good as i could to impress my peers not yeah. not so much to blow a you know a, a fan away um if that's a that's a byproduct of the effort fantastic but the point being is that like they they're there to the, most of them are there to see captain america they're not there to see josh draw captain america no offense to you or anybody else i mean very few people come with you know a a buyer and buying base
2: yeah
1: yeah you well know? so i i mean like and what would you rather do spend 14 hours a day drawing a page or like seven yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: yeah I know people's hairs on fire about this, and mine too. I mean, this is definitely going to end up replacing human beings. I wouldn't. I would not want to be a fantasy artist right now. Why would a book publisher ever pay another artist to do? Oh, we're going to reprint Ursula K. Le Guin's book. We need to get some cover art. No, (laughs) No the hell we don't.
1: Right, right. I mean,
0: (laughs) dragons. Give me a, give me a couple of moons in the sky. You
1: know, sure, two moons. Right. That makes that makes it fantasy. There's two moons.
2: Yeah, get have two moons.
1: Yeah, yeah. The ice moon and fire moon. There you go. Done. Um, How much? I mean, that would have been like a grand,
0: two grand more, depending on the artist you
2: contracted to do that. Yeah they didn't get to pay that money anymore. No, a, that, that those are over.
1: Yeah. I I would, I would totally agree with you. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a, uh, I mean, I don't want it to be, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I think, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I mean, because ultimately listen, everything that we create is a unique thing. And while I, you know, I did say that the, the acumen may not be there for someone who isn't, you know, vested in it, but they can tell, everyone can tell, like they can see like something that's unique and special, like unique and special isn't invisible. Well, I
0: think, so the, problem, I don't know. I think the problem with AI is um, it can do so much over so, such a short period of time Mm -hmm. And even 90% of it is garbage. You just throw that garbage away because it took absolutely no effort to make. Right. And you're left with 10% of solid gold or maybe even a smaller percentage, but it doesn't matter because you're not mining it. Somebody in a machine is mining it for
2: you. So,
1: Well, I think, you know, a big, you know, because I think what happens is, you know, we live in, we live in a society, especially in a social media sense, where a, a small percentage garner a high percentage of attention, and so when the idea of AI comes into into fashion, you you get a lot of people reacting, you know, and you get, it, but you get this very small percentage really reacting, and where people who make stuff are threatened because there's this this pervasive sort of wave of like cool we don't need you anymore coming towards the creators. But the people who are saying that are the people who don't want to devote the time and effort and energy into becoming proficient in drawing, writing, whatever the art form is. And in this case, whatever art form that a an AI can recreate or interpolate. So what I call the bro culture of hacking it, hacking the system is... What sort of stands out, and we get re, we get re angry. Like, how dare you? You think you could write a novel by pushing a couple of buttons in Chat GPT? You know, versus you know being a fool and sitting at a at a laptop for you know two and a half years, you know, bashing away. Like, right. I get it. I get that impulse. I'm sure if I was 16 and that this tool landed in front of me, I'd be like, I can do this. But. You can't go get a job being the person who tells you know an a i machine to produce a painting for you, yeah not yet at least maybe not in yet. two <laughs> weeks maybe in two weeks maybe next month not yet i uh, know i mean that's the whole thing it's always it's always not yet um
0: well, i mean it's it, this thing is the steam engine it's a it's a um
2: mm-hmm.
0: an effort consolidator right. It takes human effort and turns it into a channels it down into a much smaller thing. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, you say who who's gonna be making the there's gonna be like one guy making all or or girl or whoever person making one person one, making like all the covers for penguin books.
1: Because
2: right.
0: their workload is gonna be so light. Do you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, give well, me okay. give me text that looks like Saul Bass. Give me an image that looks like, you know, uh, a 1950s uh, noir novel. Uh, make it painted. Make it this. Make it that. Make it the other. Here's 15 versions of it. Oh, I like mm-hmm. that. Off you go. Right. Now, now let's do some. Uh...
1: <laughs> well, you're I mean, and it's funny when you're saying that I'm thinking like, well, that that's already kind of happened in the in the book publishing business with the photo covers. You know, getting people in costumes and photographing people for the romance and fantasy novel, you know, covers mm-hmm. that replaced the paint, the hand painted pieces. Like it, it, like it, because they could do them for less money and it faster, faster. Right. You know, it, it only took, it only took, you know, a day to, to cast, to get the clothing and to put them on a set and to take the shot. So. Meanwhile, you know, so-and-so painters, and they're like, going, oh, I'll have this to you at the end of the month. <laughs> you know, like it's a, it's just a not, it's it's just not, I get it on the numbers end, but it's, it's, you know, it's still heartbreaking.
2: Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. So, what do you, what are you drawing? Hmm? What are you drawing?
2: Right now, I'm working no. on a, oh.
1: Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah.
0: Asking. Um, right now, I'm working on a uh, graphic novel for a screenwriter who is transitioning to comics. Already put a couple things out. They've okay. they've had um, some su- some success in selling uh, stories to like Dark Horse. They got a couple books coming out through Dark Horse, and so I'm on sort of the third or fourth that they've already kind of put together. Um, and it's a whole different sort of animal. Because they, it's completely financed to begin with. Mm. They're paying more than normal pay rates, which I, once I have to go back to the, to the old salt
2: mine, it's going to be tough <laughs> for you.
1: Wow. So that's going to be some
2: interesting stuff.
1: And this is, wait, is this, you said self-funded, self-funded, or is it, th- so it's not even through, it's not through Dark Horse. They've done work, this other person did work through Dark Horse. They but put now- together
0: the entire book. Yeah, like five issue series or something, and then sold it to
1: Dark to Horse. Oh, okay. So okay, so pack made a package deal, sold the package deal. Now going to make another package deal, and then go sell the whole package deal.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Wow. Completely different model. I love it.
0: It is. It is. What it and, is. Um, I guess they had the. They had enough financing. You know, this is real We've seen it a million times. You you make a comic, you license it. And maybe it gets made into something else and maybe, and probably it doesn't. Right. But there's a business in that licensing. Mm-hmm. And these guys have already sort of got that, that channel. So they want to create IP that they can then turn around and sell. That's kind of what this is. like. Even if this book doesn't get published, it'll probably still get licensed, weirdly.
1: Right, it'll get optioned at least, and then that option will go around and see what happens. Yeah.
0: Huh. Every five years, I'll get a check. He's from heaven. Check. I love those.
1: Yeah, for sure. How big is how big is the book?
0: It's going to be six issues, and each issue is around twenty five pages. So pretty okay. hefty, pretty hefty volume.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I'm
0: two and a half issues in
1: okay nearing the midpoint and you're uh, you're doing all the black and white work yes yeah yeah
0: i'm trying to mix in some tones too i'm using this more as an experimental bed you know in the past when i turned in pages they just look like inks well yep. that's kind of you know now i'm doing more sort of uh, tone volume shading that sort of thing so, but. okay.
1: So I, oh, let's, let's dig into that because I, I've, I've seen that a lot is so there's, so comic book artwork has changed. Let's just be, be straight up. It's changed a lot. It's become far more linear than it used to be because the coloring is far more tonal than it used to be. Yeah. So when you hand, you hand it off, it's not just being flat chunks of color and you're done. It is now so. The what was the sort of the, the the wheelhouse of the penciler and the inker to create a volumetric space to be defined by a colorist is now a defined black and white space to be volume volumized by color. Like that's right. sort of like how the the model has changed. But now I have seen more and more. Artists who are handling all the black and white work, add add tone into it to add bring back in some weight and dimension into it, bef- making those choices before someone else makes a choice.
0: Right, um, like where we where we used to do cross hatching,
2: mm-hmm. you would
0: now just do shades or ink wash style. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I'm still. Over drawing. I'm still I I put too much on the page. Right. I going to bring my I gotta bring my lines back. Yeah. Um, toth would do fantastic in this time period because you know it was always like draw the draw the perfect thing, don't draw a single line you don't have to draw. Yep. Um and I'm I'm struggling with that. I really gotta start pulling some stuff back force you know, do the outline first, then think about how much do I actually have to draw in here mm-hmm. and how much is just going to be color or kind of get flattened. You know, um, a, a lot of, a lot of books now are doing sort of, um, atmospheric perspective. So you're, you're dropping the, the opacity of like the background characters mm-hmm. and you don't to put a ton of detail into them because they're just going to be grayed out anyways. And so, yeah the the nature of the job has changed and i can't imagine how tough that is I, i'm all digital my workflow is start to finish completely digital right it must be tough to do on paper because at a certain point if you want to do this kind of volumetric stuff the shades and stuff you got to get that paintbrush out you got to figure out your mm-hmm. and you yeah. can't screw it up on the page otherwise you've yeah. messed up a days of work
1: you know what i mean Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, and you see the people who can just like do an ink wash, like, and it's beautiful. You know, you, you'll see Dave Johnson just grab the brush and just put out some nice ink wash over his drawing. You're like, God bless you, Dave. You, you're, you're one in a million buddy. Um, I but you, commissions. I love seeing it on commissions. Yes. You screw up a commission. You've lost like an hour. Right. Right. Yeah, a page is a very different, you know, bargain. Um, well, and, and that's, I mean, that, you know, once again, you know, kind of talking about the tools. I mean, the digital tool, listen, it's a commercial job. Comic books is a commercial job and the digital tool affords you the ability to produce, you know, at a high high rate. Do you, Do you feel, do you feel there's like a, a different, A difference in your process and thinking, and how you approach stuff, you know, on the digital platform versus you know, piece of paper. One
0: hundred percent. I can spend a lot less time doing layouts first of all because I can always like grab pieces, scale them up or down, move them around. You know, nothing is set in stone ever. Mm -hmm. Point in the digital process, nothing is set in stone. Where on paper, you get it down, you start laying that ink down, it's there forever yeah um so if i decide later on oh, i don't have enough room for dialogue to move it all up delete whatever was underneath it sure easy easy um also i never on paper you can't you have to think in positives all the time like you're trying to keep negative space in mind uh, like what am i trying to think of um the way the sun flares around an object, let's say you're mm-hmm. staring at the sun and it's coming out from behind a mountain. And so the, the brilliance of the sun is going off into the sky, but you also have where it's it's burning out the image of the edge of the mountain. Yeah. You would have to, in, in the old days, you'd have to like find a way to draw that and represent that.
1: <laughs> yeah. You got to get the razor blade out.
0: Yeah. Now you don't. You right. draw the mountain exactly how you want it. Then you start subtracting the pieces that you don't need, or you mm-hmm. use a filter or texture or a radial line or, you know, a million, million things or slap a lens flare on it or, you know, God knows. <laughs> sure, sure.
1: 70 and, millimeter. Use yeah. a 70 millimeter. Don't use a 35.
0: And being able to draw in the negative like that helps with a lot of characters, like uh, let's say Venom. When you draw in Venom, it's a mainly black suit with a lot of small open details. If you're having to decide where all those details are in the beginning when you when you draw it, and then you ink it, and now you got to go back and oh well, I need a little more shine on the head or a little more shine on the back or something. You got to go back with white. You got to repaint it. In digital, you don't you, you know you fill the whole thing with black and then you start carving out the eyes and the mouth. Mm-hmm. This and the that and, oh, that's too many veins. Oh, that's not enough veins. You know. So, being able to work in reverse is, I think, one of the most important tools digital gives mm-hmm. Being able to being able to fill it all and then come backwards, right? But then I've always got to be thinking forwards, and I mm-hmm. can't overdo it. You can never overdo
2: it in digital.
1: Yeah, I, you might. You know. I feel when I sit down and draw, you know, on the Cintiq or on the iPad, I I don't get the same sensation of I always when I when the drawing was working well with the pencil on paper, I almost felt like I'm sculpting, like I could feel, yeah. I could feel the dimension in the body of what I'm working on, and I don't feel that same sort of connection to the form when i'm using the digital tools and i don't know if that's just i don't have the hours of that or is it is it a different part of our brain that is working i
0: don't know i've had that same sensation though where you know the drawing that you're putting on paper the way the pencil is hitting the page Mm -hmm. you you know you are very connected and you know that this is the right line i couldn't have drawn it any better at this point Yeah, I, I've I've had that sensation before, and you're right. With digital, you don't really get that. I guess because it's so it is so fungible. You can you can just adjust it on the fly at any time. You don't you're not pushing yourself that I have to get this absolutely perfectly correct every time. Yeah. I should use. Uh, there's another tool that I don't use. And it's turnarounds, like facial turnarounds. I have a my worst failing as an artist is consistency, especially when it comes to facial features. Like, I think a long time ago, I learned how to draw a face for the side. And mm-hmm. I learned how to draw a face from the front. Right. And I learned how to draw a face from the up. But it wasn't drawing the same face. It was like, this is the technique for the nose this way. This is, But they weren't the same. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I should use digital more to do these kind of turnarounds because I could do a sheet of turnarounds, bring it in, you know, for whatever position. I, I set the position first, bring in my turnarounds, mm-hmm. move the page. Oh, this is how I. This is how he always looks here. Right. And I was like this. Uh kicking myself for just now kind of thinking of that.
1: Well, well, that, but, that, but that goes back to that earlier part about the preparation for doing the issue. You know, like if you spend yeah. a day getting all your reference, is that another half a day of getting the turnarounds together? Like, I mean, it
0: yeah, probably so. But
1: I, would, and, and,
0: would
1: it. So, I mean, the question is, is like, what is the what is the payoff? Is the payoff greater in the terms of um, accuracy throughout the issue? or does it speed up your process your work through the issues like i don't which is the what is the what is the target
0: i think the payoff for me would be more accuracy and consistency because okay. people never talk about consistency of like uh body form or you know oh he drew this hallway three different times three different sure. ways three different panels. That it's always the face he didn't look yeah. like himself. oh he doesn't look like himself because people are yeah. looking at the faces first when they're how many how many seconds do they spend on a page? You know, if there's light dialogue, it's going to be twenty seconds. They're looking at faces. They're, they're yeah. recognizing faces.
1: And well, it's so, what we look at, right?
0: Yeah. So for me, I, that's something I really got to kind of shore up and work on. That's that's my weak spot right now.
1: Yeah, that's, I know. I mean, I think. I mean, once again, I mean, I think all the tools. <laughs> you're making me have flashbacks to actually having to draw turnarounds for uh licensing projects, you know, like, okay, we need, yeah. you know, we need to send them turnaround so they don't mess up what this stuff is supposed to look like. And you'd sit there and draw characters you have no idea about and make them three, you know, around about. Um yeah, but that's I mean it I mean that was always a thing staying on model. I remember that being a very early thing hammered into the into my head, you know, when learning to do comics was, you know, cap's gotta look like cap. On um, page one, page twelve and page twenty like yeah. we can't can't look like somebody else or his cousin <laughs> maybe maybe she ends up looking like his cousin for a couple couple panels
0: yeah sometimes the sometimes the head is you know like ten eyes tall, sometimes it's fifteen eyes tall, and the jaw is right. like long yeah yeah, yeah. Stay on model that's I heard that so many times, especially. But I, there was no way I was going to do that when I was drawing like Marvel and DC stuff because I was terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, Only no. <Probably> now,
0: at <laughs> this advanced age, do I do I even care about that kind of stuff?
1: Right? Well, I want it to be good? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, listen, you know, there's a giant clock ticking over your head every day when you sit sit down to draw comics, and it's really, really tough to because you know, listen, we all know what our shortcomings are, and and or we see them glaringly staring at us on the page when we've ground, you know, our way through an afternoon of drawing and then we go, Oh my God, it's, 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 you know, Uh
0: help. It's again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think there's, a. I don't think I, I, I don't think I ever had the self-awareness to be sort of straight up, always honest with myself to get, Better on certain things. I think I just kept going. Well, I got through it. I'll just keep getting through it. Versus really kind of forensically examining my efforts and see- seeing how I could evolve things. Because it was just like I know how to do it this way. They're called training scars. So if you if you learn how to do something a way. But it might not be completely the right way of doing it, but you got through it, you're like that's how I do it and you have these training scars, and it takes a lot of effort, and our brains are rewired to add the new one, and we all know that effort, and we want to avoid it at all costs because we want to keep you know keep moving forward rather than going back right yeah
0: i I tend to try to and I don't always, but I tend to try to make that effort I love comic book creation reference materials like the scott McCloud books especially making comics i think that's the most important of the three if you're doing the job mm-hmm. i not just trying to understand it if, you, if you're actually doing the job making comics is the best of the three books uh i got the all the dc you know the comics guide to creating comics the okay. the digital one that freddie williams did years ago i still go back to, and refer to that because it's still got good ideas um the wizard books that came out, how to draw stuff. What else have I got over here? How to draw comics and Marvel way, of course. The mm-hmm. uh, the Etherington brothers keep putting out kickstarters. Uh, how to think when you draw. They're up to There's, number. The
1: seven. two Brit- are they're British, like British brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They but they've done a bunch of books. Like they've really made like an like a sort of a an empire of of learning, haven't they?
0: I've got five how to think when you draws. Two, how to think when you write, and the sixth one I've I know that I did the Kickstarter on, so that's going to be coming pretty soon. They put those out pretty fast.
1: Wow. They're well, there's two back of them. And back
0: and back with great stuff.
1: Hm? Yeah, there's two of them. They can they can work twice as fast. Yeah. I mean, what what am I saying? There doesn't say how many. They're brothers, so it could be like six of them.
0: I think there's only the two.
1: I'm saying, but maybe, maybe they don't show the other four.
0: Yeah. Oh, they're the guys doing the. The printing yeah. and the publishing and the shipping.
1: Yeah, it's like the Osmonds, but they're just showing you know the two really cute ones. I don't know.
0: <laughs> we got Dave making the coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's really good at making coffee, so we keep him making coffee. Uh, so, go, w- so I mean, you do you you were doing commissions when we were hanging out.
2: Yeah, that's at all heroes. I, did. I didn't
0: say I only did commissions at heroes.
1: So what's so? Is that the bulk of your? drawing on paperwork
0: yes it absolutely is and i got it i got a couple of commission reps shout out to jeff and uh bobby
1: oh i met them they were sitting at the end of the table right mm -hmm. at the row yeah Yeah, okay
0: all three of the guys i was sitting next to uh matt and eric um blank on their last names um we were all they are all our representatives Mm -hmm. and so they kind of bunched us together and we were just talking to fans and selling art and making new stuff. It was great. I loved it.
1: Right on. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really, I mean, once again, I mean, I I, I'm fascinated because it didn't exist, you know, when I was doing this, I love that. I love that there's all these reps. I love because the idea that someone is offloading some of the really just gruesome part of the work, (laughs) which is getting the work. It's great.
0: I'm happy to give them 10% because A, they're charging more than I would have charged because mm-hmm. I don't know the value of my work, but since they're tied into the business, they know what people are willing to pay
1: for my well, they're, on, they're not emotionally load. tied to it either.
0: Right. And uh, they just constantly are like updating my list. Oh, here's three new ones we picked up this week. You know, here's a couple oh. more for when you get a chance. And I've probably done, I don't know, a couple dozen. Okay. And I haven't even, they haven't even been my reps that long.
2: Wow. And they That's took, uh,
0: I did, a, I, I went to Myrtle beach and it was a week off. And all I did was draw on paper. I was drawing like a bunch of Spider-Man stuff. Cause I knew we had this live show coming up. The um, comics art forum, comics art forum. Is that right? CAF? Something like that. They have a live show where, People show up and they'll sell original artwork, maybe pages. I, I didn't see any pages that day, but it was like, you know, drawings and stuff. We sold through the whole lot. I thought I was going to mm-hmm. take them to Heroes with me. Nope, they're all gone. They're all sold. Um, wow. So just having these guys get me into like finding an audience for me is mm-hmm. it. a small price to pay, man.
1: <clears throat> oh, for and Sure. The-
0: and I have a, um, aside from them, I also have a comic book agent now too, Luis. And he's got, he got me the job I'm on now. He got me the Star Trek job I did before that. He got, got me the job I did before that. I got killing it.
1: Wow. Was that with Heather Antos for Star Trek? hmm Nice. Awesome.
0: What an absolute.
1: I remember, so I remember, I remember an agent approaching me. <laughs> maybe 95 maybe i don't know somewhere around there and it felt so weird because I, you know i'm like w- what are you going to go to the offices and ask for work <laughs> like i couldn't like i couldn't fathom like how they could just be more effective than you know than i could like i'm like i don't think you can call the offices and go walk into marvel or dc anytime you want like how how would you be more effective but you know ostensibly of course they would be more effective they they you yeah. know they're not a babbling idiot.
0: I did have an agent in the late 90s, but my problem problem I bumped into was um, he got me jobs, but I also got jobs. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
0: I'm off doing a couple issues of this. He still wanted me to pay him for the work that I did. I, I got those jobs. You didn't yeah. talk to this guy. You do not know this job was there. Right. You know, I still got to give you... I think it was like fifteen percent, which seemed fine. Yeah. Um. But with Luis, it's like if I get you work, that's fine. If you get yourself work, that's also fine. Okay. You know, it's a much more sort of agreeable, understandable kind of situation.
1: Yeah, the other one sounds a little bit more in line with the um you know, the fine art market. You know, if you have gallery representation. That gallery gets a piece of you for everything, <laughs> and it's a little it's a little like whoa, you know like so if somebody who I had a previous you know previous existing relationship, you have to specify this stuff in advance. you just have to say like I have a list of clients that have you know have been collecting my work for the last you know however many years, if they come in they contact me for a piece, that has nothing to do with you um but Louis sounds like he's pretty uh pretty dialed in on being a good partner.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. I've been very lucky. My reps right now are the absolute best.
1: Do you, how, how do you, so I, let's, let's do the, I think this will be the quicker of both the two. How do you manage your, your, your commission volume? Because I could see it since it's sort of like a, it feels like a cash grab, you know, like a good way to get quick cash doing those versus, you know, grinding it out on a book So how do you like balance it out? Do you have like, do you have like basically a, like a weekly chart of like this, these are my blocks of effort and how many, like how many blocks of effort do, do, you know, the commissions take up for you?
0: Yeah, no, I don't. I should though. If you broke, I I imagine that if you broke every day into like an AM and a PM block,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. say I I do the equal amount before lunch as I do after. The commissions probably take maybe one of those, if it's a big one with backgrounds, you know, because you're, mm-hmm. you're essentially drawing like a whole page. It's
2: just a big yeah. slack
0: <clears throat> But there's no, I don't have to leave room for dialogue. It's usually one big flashy image.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, we
1: can- No perspective.
0: Yeah, we just grind those out. Who cares?
1: <laughs> hey, you care.
0: That's what we came up doing. Um, yeah, so- they're not that tough. And because the book I'm on doesn't have like a strict deadline per se, since there's no publisher attached to it and mm-hmm. absolutely solicitation has been done so far. Um, I can kind of, when I, when I get bored or when I get, um, when I don't feel very uh, um, imaginative or creative or I, my, um, I, the lines that I'm laying down on the pay work kind of mm-hmm. sticks. I'll go hit some commission stuff for a little while right on or um sometimes I'll like sit on the couch because I you know whenever I never actually get to put the pen on the paper <laughs> so I can sit on the couch and we'll watch whatever stupid youtube thing we're watching whatever travel or cruise youtube nonsense I'm watching <laughs> I don't need to watch it I can just listen to it. it's like listening to podcast. so I'll kind of draw little yeah. um it hasn't been a problem yet, though. Okay. Volume hasn't gotten to the point where it's keeping me from doing the things that I need to get done.
1: Right. Okay. Uh, it's 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 a curio- it's a curiosity to me. Um, yeah. You know, because I it mean, is a it's, it's a business. Important. I, I missed that last part. I'm sorry. What?
0: I say I needed that. I need that outlet. It's been yeah. very good for me to draw different things and to be able to to do more dynamic stuff. Sometimes I get a little stiff. Sometimes I'm working. Mm -hmm. So doing this has allowed me to do like, you know, I never do a Spider-Man pose in any of the books, Star Trek. I love Star Trek, but they're all standing (laughs) straight up and down all the time.
1: (laughs) Nobody's swinging on web, swinging on the web. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, You never get the, uh, you never get like the Sal Buscema hunched over, yeah. Or or uh there's no Gil Kane in there. No. It's, it's just or oh God you know, I wish Norm Brayfogel. I'd love to get a Norm Brayfogel stance with the giant thigh sure. um but nope. Nope, they're normal sized people doing work. They're just standing, standing sitting. Standing or sitting, exactly. Yeah. So no, every once in a while they're running. Yeah. Or they are firing their phasers, which looks like you're I use my uh, remote control as a failure, and <laughs> this is essentially what you draw.
1: <laughs> That's exciting, Josh. Yeah, oh, wow! And, uh, Hands are out. It's really exciting. Um, so, okay. So then, the, the the other one, the 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 parallel question is dealing with the agent and projects. You know, because not every project has got to be you know, greenlit in the, in your eye. So what's the conversation like when the thing that comes through is not exactly to your liking?
0: Hasn't happened yet. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I I imagine, I mean, he reps a few people. Mm -hmm. Um, so if I was busy and I didn't like the work that he brought me, I think I, I think I could say no pretty easily. Or say, I don't think this is for me kind of a thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I was going to say no to the last Star Trek book because I I was working on a different really, really long form book. And I didn't think I would have time, but he's like, you know what? Just talk to Heather. And I, I know you want to say no because you don't want to inconvenience anybody. Talk to Heather and see what the schedule's like. And let's work out a schedule. And so he talked me into having that conversation with her and, um, And she did too. And next thing you know, it all works out. So I would have backed out. It had it not been for the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We can, we we can make it work, baby.
1: It it is quite miraculous. (laughs) One of my, one of my, and I don't recommend this to anybody listening, uh, but this is how I, I handle things often, not often, but when I have clients, who contact me who are more in the startup category and they contact me with this massive urgency for the thing that they need desperately because uh they got a meeting coming up you know like they want to start this company and the thing is like the lightning struck and someone's like yeah sure we'd love to talk to you and they're like oh my god i don't have a logo i don't have a business card i don't have a website or whatever the thing is and they get all panicky and You know, we've been doing this sort of the nice touchy feely dance up to that point. And then, like, I need this thing, like, you know, in a month or two months or whatever the thing is, or over the weekend, you know, I invariably have a nice conversation with them and then proceed to blow them off. Because (sighs) what I have found is that they don't need this stuff. You don't need it. Like, you need it as a tool for your business, but your business hasn't even really begun. You have just stumbled into an opportunity. And, having the card or the website or whatever the thing is it isn't going to win you that job you know what you say and do is going to win you that job at that point yeah you know so and what happens is the that event happens for them they make it through they live nobody shot them in the face and then they circle back a couple months later and say Hey, like, I still want to do that thing. I want to do the website. I want to do the the whatever, whatever. And I go, great. That sounds fantastic. So that way I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have a stressful job. I didn't have a weekend of work for something that will just be tossed away because it it doesn't actually have a brand standard behind it. And it's a really, you know, so that's always been my, my methodology for, you know, the last 20 years of just Cool your jets, but I'm not going to tell them to cool their jets because they
2: their
1: their emergency is their emergency. So Mm -mm. experience says, let them let them go through their own little thing and figure out how to put their head in the sand on their own. And then
0: Yeah, right. It's always the bigger established clients who have the least input. They're like, I want this thing. Whatever.
2: (laughs) Or the but but, is always or they know
1: way. They far know exactly out. what. Like, hey, we have this thing happening. Here's the schedule. Here we go. Like, yeah. I mean, it, and, never mind. I'm not going to get into these things because they're, they're they're whining about graphic design. That's <laughs> another great topic. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah. So did you did you pick? I mean, did you? pick up anything at the show like i i I go to comic conventions and i don't buy a single thing it's the weirdest it's the (laughs) weirdest phenomena i people hand me books i get i get a lot of free stuff which is nice but i never buy anything
0: i picked up a couple of old copies of draw magazine to tomorrow's is that the name of the company they had the table there they were represented there um they were hard to find. I mean, I was wandering on the last day and just happened to bump into them. Um, what else did I get? Not much. Yeah, you're right. It's it's never the.
2: I'm not going to go thumbing through. Dollar, dollar boxes. boxes, right? Um. And nobody. There used to be a
0: couple of people who would bring like trades. They come and set up. Now it's always the cheap trades, the ones they're trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And. I've already read that garbage.
2: <laughs> right. Uh
0: you know what I always need at a at a comic book convention is I need somebody who's got like the most recent stuff. Because I haven't been I haven't been able to get in the store in three months.
1: So like, if if like, set, someone Roma. actually set up a comic shop. Like they, they go there and they just set up like the racks of all the new stuff on the on yeah. the shelves.
0: <laughs> That's what I need.
2: Huh. Uh,
0: I need hey. uh Human Target volume two. Oh need, dude. Uh, Looks great. <laughs> Uh the new uh uh oh I guess Coda hasn't come out yet. I was always a fan of Coda from Image. Yep. But that's the stuff I need. I- I've yeah. already filled up the back issue stuff. I do every once in a while I will go hunting for the books that I remember as like my first books. Mm. My earliest memories of books. My first the first two comics I ever owned were a like a Daredevil issue and a Dazzler issue. Cool. Because my dad bought one for, my, one for me and one for my sister, and my sister didn't give a crap about it. So I kept them both.
1: So she didn't like Daredevil? Yeah, she
0: didn't. <laughs> he, he knew what the audience seemed to reach about. Uh, and, you know, like a couple of issues of Swamp Thing and yeah. a Captain America, but a very specific, not a good Captain America, but a very specific Captain America. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to find that stuff. They're all, you know, three bucks, six bucks, no big deal. But one of the earliest issues I owned was the Silent G.I. Joe. Oh, issue. 21. Yeah. And I didn't realize, I was too young. I didn't realize sure. how important or how different or how unique it was. Mm-hmm. Try finding one of those readable for less than 100 bucks. You can't. It's
1: tough. Oh, that's a good, that's a good point. And uh, you, while you were talking, I was thinking about this. I mean, I think I may actually still have all my first comics, the ones my dad bought me. But I'm also thinking like, what about the people whose first, let's say the first five comics they got and in like in their first five comics are some like just pivotal, like top shelf comics ever, you know, like the death of Jean Grey, you know, like, like, oh, I guess here's a comic book kiddo, you know, and you read this thing and it's all downhill from there. You know, like I mean, you're in. You're in if you get one of those those real. I mean, my, mine were like baby snooks and like, you know, death at night. You know, like I mean, nothing like a gold key comic book and a Marvel like you know killer book.
0: Yeah, mine were always garbage too. Whatever the whatever the gas station had, that was the yeah. One
1: I- and those three packs, like mm-hmm. that's that's what it was. Those are my early books, but I love them. I still have them.
0: I can remember my first trip to an um, actual comic book store in Macon, Georgia. I can't remember mm-hmm. what the name was. Comics, Comics Castle or some dumb name like that. Nah, I don't know. The owner was a creep; He needed to go away. Um, seeing non-Marvel and DC titles for the first time, seeing mm-hmm. anything non-Marvel and DC, and just going, well, there's even more? You know? All right. What is all of this? Where did all this come from?
1: I was what? confused by that st- I was confused. So I was like, when I, like, I remember encountering, ooh, you know, Nexus and all these books when they first came out. And I really had a hard time kind of grappling with them because they were either in black and white or the production qualities weren't as good as what Marvel was doing. And I'm like, I, I, I did, I don't think I understood that. I mean, I, I think I may have been like thinking like these can't be really be comics because they're not the same as the other ones. But you know, I, I persevered and I was like, Oh, okay. Like there's other stuff in here that's as valuable, you know, it, you know, on the creative aspect as, you know, all the other junk.
0: Yeah, you really had to search for the good stuff, though. And, and there was a few that always kind of almost they sort of felt like big two
1: mm-hmm. books. like
0: The Badger. Remember The Badger? Yes, or, uh, Oh, for sure. John Sable, was that the that one? That was the one
1: I was trying to remember. Yes, John Sable, freelance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they felt like real books.
1: Yeah no first comic first first comics was putting out some pretty solid stuff kimiko like they were really kind of making they were they made books that looked the production looked like marvel and dc but the artwork and stories except for john Sable because it was mike grell i think he was since he was went basically from dc over to do that but a lot of that stuff like had like these cool vibes you know like matt wagner and all these people who were clearly had a different way of drawing, like i I had Star Wars stuff by by Chakin and I had other comics by Chakin, but I don't think I locked into Chakin until he did American Flag right, and then I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever
2: yeah i I'm,
0: I wish I could go back and experience those books now through experienced eyes because at the time, a lot of that stuff I just pushed inside it's oh mm-hmm. it's not oh, it's not Hulk. Right, right. I'd love to go back and see a lot of that stuff now. And I, yeah. you're right with like black and white. Sometimes you'd crack open a book and you could smell the ink just bleeding <laughs> off that page. It didn't yeah. smell like other books. It nope. smelled like it had just been printed in some dirty...
1: <laughs> well, they, they were done... I mean, those so those books must have been done offset printing. So on sheets, and then they were cut, ganged, and trimmed. Yeah. But... Marvel books and DC books were done a web presses. So that ink was like immediately dry and speeding through and stacked up, you know, by the tens of thousands. While the you know, the, that black and white Nexus issue was printed in, you know, volume of 2000 or 3000. And, and it, you know, and it, was, it was a very different thing. So that that ink was much heavier on that, on that surface. So yeah. Yeah, I rem- I remember like a, like a drum print, do you think? Well, no, I mean it, it's just it's it just it's ro- you know, it's rolling through a linear press with stations typically, but th- since it was just black and white it was just one station in black and that's all it was. Um but meanwhile like the, the you know the the Marvel and DC stuff were done on these big huge sheets of rolls of newsprint rolling through all these drums with CMYK C-M-Y-N-K and Bing bing, bing. And that's why we'd see all those little shifted, you know, color misregistrations because of the high speed print and all that kind of jazz. So people get orange skin and weird, weird looking things. Um,
0: oh, yeah. Well the blue would drop out entirely every once in a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah get hickeys and all sorts of stuff uh, on there. More graphic design talk. This is exciting. Um, (laughs) Hey, welcome to graphic design hour. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, okay. So you're, so you, I mean, you have this, you have this sort of like nice space. I mean, you, how long were you on that, the avatar project? Four months. Okay. So that's a long time. That was dark horse, right?
0: That was dark horse. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first book I've, that was the only book I did through Dark Horse. Um, I've had some bad luck recently with editors. Every time I, every time I get a new book mm-hmm. um, at a different company I've never worked with before, they, as soon as I'm done with that title and I'm like ready to, let's hey, let's talk about a new book. I'm retiring. Yeah, <laughs> no. sure. Uh, Randy Stradley was my editor on the Avatar book.
2: And
1: so there the you go. That
0: I was done. He was out the door.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I'll give you I'll give you a fun Randy Stradley story. I and Michael Yuri. Michael Urey hired me to do a book for them, did the book. And Randy took over as the editor for that book during like while I'm penciling it. And I didn't continue on that book. And that was, it was just like in and out. Like that's just how it went because he wanted to have a different team on there. And that was it. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Um, A couple of, uh,
0: I was, I was at the end of one series. I was, I was penciling the fifth issue of a book. I won't say which book. And uh, the editor, they fired the one editor mm -hmm. and brought in, a guy whose name literally everybody knows. I had one phone call with this guy and he goes, you are not the person I would have put on this book. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> too late now, bro. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that is like, if you are going to, if you are going to be in this business, that's the business. The business is, and I get it. Listen, the editorial staff wants to have the people they want to work with on those books. And that's just the unfortunate side of it because we want to do the work, but yeah. they may not want to do the work with us. And that's just kind of how it goes.
0: This is why Heather Antos is such an important person in our industry right now. She is a new breed of that. You know, we both know what editorial was like in the 90s, 2000s. It mm-hmm. was you fuck up and you're burned down, you know? Like for we got a million dudes like you in the closet. We don't care. Right. We're not building relationships here. You keep working well. We're all friends. You mess this up, you lose our number. Um she she comes with a, a completely different mindset. I mean, I, I never had any problems or anything. I like I, I blew through my Star Trek book, glided right through, perfect experience. I would do it a hundred times. But I have heard her discussions about other artists, not naming, you know, she wasn't like naming names. She wouldn't call mm-hmm. people out or anything. But, and her sort of thinking is she always wants to, she always wants to like help them be better versions of themselves. Mm. So how can we help you become, how can we help you finish? How can we help you tighten your timeline up a little yeah. bit? How can we help you rather than where's my stuff? Right. And I, think she reminds me of Ralph Macchio in that. Okay. Cuz he always seemed he was the nicest man in comics. As far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. I never got a nicer guy. They were all fine. There was nobody nice.
2: Yeah.
0: Um and her it's not being nice. It's not that you know in in, ref, in the reflection of all the awfulness it wasn't him this pinnacle of goodness. Hers is more of a, and I think this is kind of like permeating through editorial, they're probably gonna have a much easier time nowadays, at artists that are coming up. Hertz is a more like rising tide lifts all boats kind of mm. a, uh, mentality. And, and as a baseline mentality. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I I think it's I mean don't don't we all want to have that person? You know, in our line of, of you know, or, or people in our career who are there to help the process, move the thing along, not just get the thing done, but to really foster what that next level could be in somebody.
0: Really shepherd it.
1: Yeah. Ooh, that's a great yeah. word for it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that it comes out the the best you can get it in the end and that's, and that's just better for everybody
1: yeah you know? no and, and i think that i think that's right i mean because i think you know you sort of your the one and done kind of approach is a little painful um that puts a lot of, that puts a lot of pressure on everybody and it and i think i think i think a, a more open communication process is is super helpful for all parties involved in the, in this thing because i mean it's you know, everyone's doing this alone in a room, but it would be nice to know that you are not alone. Yeah. 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 Those
0: one and dones. It, it's such a shame. I never got a chance to do a really long form, like a year, two years on a single title. Right. And I always wanted to, if I'm going to do yeah. it, I'll have to do it myself. But you you know, you can't finance that. Even like Kickstarter books you know, the biggest you can do is, Ninety pages, one hundred and twenty pages. That's still only six issues worth of content.
1: Totally, and there's a there's a very different experience in drawing, you know, twelve issues of comic book, you know, month after month versus drawing, you know, one ninety page book or two ninety page books. You know, I mean it's it's a it's a very different experience. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean. It would be, it would be great. It would be great. But, you know, I don't know. That's, you know, that's a memory kind of past kind of, I like to think about other people getting that opportunity to do it now. Would you come back and do it? I don't, I don't think I have the, I don't think I have the stamina for it anymore. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, it, it really is, it's a marathon. I mean, you have to run a marathon every, you know, every month for the, for the book. Um, I'd come back and write one. I would, I would be, I would be happy to write like, you know, a series for a year. I think it'd be cool to, you know, to, to, you know, to have a good take and a point of view on an interesting, on a character that I I dig or characters, and then really kind of get that thing going and, and, and to work with the team. Like, it would be great to work with, you know, a great artist and, you know, uh, you know, and now you get to have these great colorists. Like, it's not only just one sort of like kind of visual visionary in the book now there's multiple people Mm -hmm. yeah and then clayton Coles as a as a letter because that guy's just amazing i love that stuff everything everything clayton does blows me away
0: i've come to appreciate the position much more especially
1: yeah Yeah. so so here this is something that i just keep sort of playing with because It's it's what I do in my heart and what I do in my day, but I wasn't cognizant of it when I was younger. And it's writing. And I was terrified of writing when I was in the comic business, though it was something I did by default because I had to. Whether it was trying to get my first work, published work done, I ended up writing a story to be able to sell that, to be able to draw my first story. And rewriting stories from scripts that were lackluster, but getting green light from the editor just to rewrite the script and just get the book done. And I wish I was more confident when I was younger to pursue that. But like the world told me that I drew, so I drew. I didn't write because... I didn't know where a comma went, which is still the case to this day. Um, But visual storytelling is, you know, literal storytelling with kind of training wheels, so to speak. I mean, they're very laborious training wheels because you have to draw everything. But you are telling a visual, you're telling a story. You're just doing it with pictures. Mm -hmm. So do you, like, do you have that in you? Let's say, like, I want to write something.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, very much along sort of a parallel track of what you were saying, I, I didn't even consider it early on because I was an artist, not a writer. But now the way the industry has evolved, and you know we are much more hired guns rather than
2: long-term people. Um, it feels like. You almost have to at
0: some point produce something that is yours mm. i I have like four or five stories that I really love, and I have been like massaging and rewriting and moving pieces around for years, yeah, but I'm always working so when am I gonna to get to that? When am I gonna make time for it? Right. How much time do I have to make for it? What sort of sacrifice am I willing to make in order to be able to produce it? You know, can I go through uh crowdfunding in order to get the book done? And if I do that, will I have to modify the length or shave it down or mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a kerfuffle.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um you know, they say, if, if you want to make, if you want to be a writer, go make comics. Well, brother, it ain't, it ain't that easy.
1: No. And so I hear, I hear, I hear that. And I feel all that, what you're saying. Cause I know, I know that that internal struggle and question, you know, question mark aspect. I think one of the things about You know, like I, I, I go, oh, you know, I would, there, there is a part of me, <laughs> I will be honest, that would love to write and draw like one 36 to 48 page single story. Like do the whole thing. Yeah. Do the thing to, to, you know, do the mic drop thing, you know, show absolutely everything that I can do in one piece. Bam, you know, done. And I like to sort of get it all out of my system. At least that's the story I tell myself.
0: That's was short. You could do that. That's short. 30 yeah. of, I mean, come on, we'd grind that out in a month and a half. That's there you me. go.
1: Um, but the one thing I can say for maybe help you reframe it is you could possibly consider doing it but not drawing it. And that's... <laughs> Well, no, because really tough. <laughs> right, right. I know. And if everyone could have seen your face when I said that, that was like that. that there's the screenshot for the, for, you know. Um, but that's the th- like that's the thing is to be able to. You like you can't draw the comic that you're drawing right now, and draw another comic at the same time that you're writing. Can't do it. But you could, like we were talking about those blocks earlier. You could devote a few blocks. To getting the scripts done and you get the script done They're close. and then there's yeah. somebody and then somebody else can actually do the we as we know the, the heavy lifting of drawing something
0: Alex I don't know if you know this but uh, artists in our industry are notoriously unreliable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've never noticed that when it comes to to emails et cetera and so forth yes I know what you're saying yeah uh. well I, but, like, so, like, because, like, the the, big, the here's the interesting thing is, like, we're not scalable. You know, the only way we can oh, become yeah. s- scalable is to, you know, f- like, Neil Adams became scalable because he built a studio that yeah. emulated what he could do. Yeah. And, you know, the work that we produce is scalable because it's printed in multiples and it's distributed and it's sold. So that's great. But... You can only you're only one of one. You could only do one thing. You can only draw one book at a time. You can't really sure. draw multiple books at a time. Sure. I mean, few artists can, some can, but a very, very small minority. Um and you know, but it is a t- it's a terrifying prospect because when especially like in the comic world, the comic world is very different than like the authoring world. You know, like we as authors go like, I've got an idea for a book. I just need to I need to like I need to get the book that I'm done doing now done and then i can do that book you don't go like i'll just get someone else to write the book because it doesn't work that way because then you're no longer the author um but in the comic world especially when you're coming at it from the drawing side you you have you visualize all this stuff like the the books that you're writing you have all these pictures in your head and you know you you know like underselling your artwork You know, like you, like you said, that you couldn't price it fairly, your commissions, because you'd be underselling yourself.
2: Right.
1: You know, th- that's the, it's the same thing. Like we have this thing, like in our value in our head of the, of, of what we, what we've created. But, you know, you can name 20 artists in like in under a minute that you think are amazing comic book artists working today. And it's like, you know, the thing is, is like, you just find the right person. And you can make the right project happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You I, know? <laughs> you yeah, listen, I, I'm not saying for if, all if, five of them. I'm saying for <laughs> one of them. Get the first one done.
0: You're absolutely right. It has crossed my mind before. Uh finding the right person would be a Herculean feat. And finding them with an open slot in their timeline mm-hmm. and then paying them for their work. Yeah. You know. And that's really the biggest – we throw so much weight into a book, even when a, even when you're putting together a Kickstarter mm-hmm. you can, or a pitch. Let's just, yeah. say, let's just say a pitch. Yeah. Nobody sees. this. Only five or six people are ever going to see this. We do – the writer puts together a script. I'm sure that takes a lot of time. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it. No. Then hands it off to us. We got a week's worth at least of work to do, plus character designs, mm-hmm. plus – reps you know sorting yeah. reference and that kind of stuff oh your book is about a giant spacecraft that houses the last remnants of humanity well fuck i gotta I
1: guess i gotta go draw that <laughs> but the, but I, but what i didn't tell you is that their whole society is based off of hot rods so like oh. they all drive around in this giant ship in hot rods oh okay great hot
2: rods, yeah um yeah
0: I mean, the level of physical time spent working on, you can, like, what is it Tom King writes, um, uh, page seven, fight scene.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, now Mitch has got to go draw that. Yeah. (laughs) What the heck? <laughs> no, no, listen, the, we, every writer will, every comic writer will agree. The, 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 the equity and the time that's put into each thing is, you know, every page is not, not the same. Um, But the writer has, the writer has a very sort of 30,000 foot view of what the project is. Like this is, they have to see all the things at once to make sure it all works. And the best writers can see the whole thing at the same time when you know so when they say fight scene well they're saying that because they trust the person who's going to make that fight scene ridiculously good um yeah listen dude you could do the character designs you know for the pitch
0: i've done it yeah for every single character plus secondary characters plus dead people i've done right done designs for people who will only ever appear dead
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) ghosts um bodies yeah well i mean i'm just
0: corpses but a very specific corpse
1: well i mean in you know and i'm you know listen i'm a broken record in this thing i talk to artists and i say to artists i'm like you got to write something and i do that over and over again because i know that in every comic book artist there's a writer dying to get out it's just the nature of the whole thing you can't make it through a I don't know. I mean, I don't think you can make it through two years as a comic book artist and not have ideas of something that you want to do. It's just kind of how it goes.
0: Yeah, I think it took me longer than that. I think it took me a while to kind of wise up to, I can do this.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I've drawn drawn some terrible books. (laughs) Very badly (laughs) plotted books. (laughs)
0: we two issues where nothing
1: literally nothing happens yeah. yeah
0: and i bring it up and i'm like let's just throw in a little a little something a
1: here. little shush.
0: just something mm-hmm. no it's part of the story we can't mess with it it's part of the story mm-hmm. you're killing you dude you don't know you don't know comics is the problem right the comic has to you gotta you're reading one book you got to want to pick up that next book because it's a month from now and you're going to forget that crappy book that you read a month
2: ago.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless the character is so compelling that you are willing to like do nothing with that character, but the writing is so good with an interesting character, but though I call those books.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're writing books. Yeah. You can take all the time you need setting up your story in a yeah. book I know.
1: in a comic. I do. I, it's what I do. That's what I do. I don't know, man. Like it, it's, but like, listen, it's just my, it's just my encouragement thing. I think that, I think that, you know, everyone's got a story and everyone should you write a story.
2: You
1: want to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I convince you to write now. And then I'll talk to you in two weeks and you'd be like, well, you know, I, it's okay. I'm, I'm no judgment. Um, so what's going on? What do you got like, like you're working on this big old project. Um, so take up the rest of the year. Sweet, sweet. And are you doing any other conventions?
0: I'm not doing any other conventions this year. It doesn't look like.
1: Well, okay. So we won't get to see you at any more shows until next year at heroes. No. And you're going to be, you're going to be sitting in your chamber, drawing this comic book.
0: Got grinded out.
1: That'll just be ground out. Well, so people will have to go to find you on Twittergram?
0: Yeah, I'm on all the socials. Uh, I don't really keep up with Instagram that much, but I am on Twitter, at Joshua Hood. I'm on uh, Blue Sky now, which is turning into a real comics-heavy thing. You know, I guess somebody got an invitation, and, and it's sort of beginning to propagate. Cool. It feels like early Twitter. All right. In that there's no... There's no Nazis, which is nice. You know, it's always better to be
1: Nazi-free. I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of avoiding the Nazis.
0: Right. I the only place I want to see Nazis is in a Captain America comic or Indiana Jones movie. Anywhere else, they, sure. they can go left themselves. Um,
1: I do post on the gram every once in a while. All right, so Twitter. Yeah, do you put any, I, I, anything up on your on your website? It's old. <laughs> okay, so they, so Twitter's the place to 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 uh, catch what's Twitter, happening. When Twitter's
0: this place to see like new artwork, new commissions. New, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm on there enough where if anybody wanted to like talk to me, I'm always on Twitter
1: for the most right. part. All right. Cool. Well, I'll put all I'll put those links in the uh, description so people can find you. That way, they can say, "Hey, I know that Josh guy too." Hey, oh, great. It's Josh. I still think it's one of the best handles. It's always great to talk with you. You are inadvertently responsible for one major change in this whole thing, is that I didn't know I was doing a podcast until you said podcast to me one day. Not really? Yeah. Yeah. And you also told me that you listen in the same sentence, you said, I listen to the podcast when I'm, when I'm, when I'm working right. and I took immediate offense because you weren't looking at, you weren't, you weren't looking at me on video when this used to be a video show and, um, there's nothing to see. It's talking heads for an hour, but it, it, it made me wake up and say, Oh, Hey, it's a podcast. And it eventually led me to getting rid of the whole video thing and just making it audio. So look at you. You're an influencer.
0: Hey. Oh no. <laughs> I'll add that to my Twitter bio and yep. gain two followers for Makeup me. Makeup
1: tutorials are coming. So it's pretty <laughs> exciting.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna do some farming. I'm gonna do some uh <laughs> guys, I'm down here at Disneyland today.
1: Nice. See, you got a whole you got a whole new future in front of you. It's gonna be great.
2: Wow. Wonderful.
1: All right. Thanks, man. I really appreciate this. I really have a good time hanging out with you.
2: Always fun to talk shop with you, man.